One of the best ways to support the FTF podcast is to check out our Patreon over at patreon.com slash finish the fight for exclusive episodes, insights, interviews, and plenty more. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This is Spartan 117. Anyone hear me? Over. Isolate that signal. Master Chief, you mind telling me what you're doing on that ship? Sir, finishing this fight. Welcome back to Finish the Fight, a Halo podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Reiners. And I'm your host, Alex Kendall. And we are now on bonus episode eight. And today, we are talking about what is Cursed Halo, a look into Halo Custom Edition. Yeah, so we're going to break down, for those of you who don't know, Halo Custom Edition was an addition to Halo CE by Gearbox Software that really allows the player to expand out, mod the game, see how the command consoles work, and just do a lot of other intricate things that honestly in today's standard you can't have mm. with any other game yeah i mean it was definitely really cool to see that microsoft or bungie or whoever made the executive decision allowed the players to kind of come into their toolkit and say do what you can yeah and i'm, and I'm i didn't really see anything on this but i'm really wondering if, if this was a test for forge because mm. honestly i went through a lot of the, the console commands that you could do and a lot of the programs that are built into this kit and they remind me a lot of especially Halo 5 Forge with all of the intricacies. So I can kind of see that's kind of where they probably wanted to build it, but started off on the OG Forge mm-hmm. as more of just an item placer and less of being able to control the a lot more of the physics of it and a lot more of the properties where you can to, in today's sense. Yeah, and I mean, even through this, we've gotten such big projects like this, Cursed Halo, and we've also gotten SPV3. So even you know, 19, 20 years later, this game itself, you know, not necessarily the custom edition, but what we're getting from Combat Evolved is still having a huge impact. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about it in 2020. So now let's move on to the game itself. So Halo Custom Edition, Halo CE, but different, you know, is a standalone multiplayer expansion for the Halo Combat Evolved on PC. Custom Edition was released on March 15th, 2004 by Gearbox Software as an unsupported version of its single player counterpart. The one catch is that you need a license key for the original Halo Combat Evolved to run the custom edition. So it ain't all free. Yeah, because originally you would need the hard PC CD disc for it, plus the key to even be able to run it. But with a new patch they had come out, which is like 1.0.1 or 1.1, something like that, it allowed for it to just be a digital download 
kind of run it as if you could like on a USB drive, but you still need the key. I'm not saying Google it and pick the first result, <laughs> but there is some options out there for you. Microsoft, we hope you are not listening. But let's move on and get a little more deep dive into it and talk about Halo Custom Edition. Halo Custom Edition allows players to create and play user-created content and maps with the help of the provided modding kits added into the software. Modders would use the supplied Halo editing kit to bring in custom models, levels, physics, and data into the dot map file, which allowed the users to easily share it with others by uploading it to sites like halomaps.org. One of the largest improvements to the base game provided by Halo Custom Edition was the reduction of latency issues that fixed some issues in the netcode and provided a smoother experience. Yeah, so it's kind of like a little repolished version of it. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's like an anniversary overhaul, but they saw some of the issues because this came out two years later, or almost two years later. Yeah. So it allowed them to kind of polish that up. And especially for Bungie to outsource it to Gearbox, you know, who we know and love from like Borderlands and, and various other games they've created with that, just to dedicate to those servers for it. Yeah. So, so it's pretty nice. Now, we're going to kind of break this down into what really was all in there, allowing these people to make these mods and make these maps. And first, we're going to start with the Halo Editing Kit. So the Halo Editing Kit, or H-E-K, is Heck. a... The old heck (laughs) is a set of development tools that were designed by Bungie used in the development process of Halo Combat Evolved. The HEK was repackaged and released through Gearbox software to allow players to create custom content for Halo Custom Edition. Using the Halo editing kit, players would be able to create just about anything they wanted with a bit of coding. Players could create their own mods, allowing AI characters to be added to maps, which, in turn led some to even create their own campaign missions that included checkpoints and objectives, cutscenes, and even their own fire teams of Covenant or UNSC assets. This would allow players to take the side of the Covenant and fight with elite and grunts against the UNSC, or keep it traditional and add in more Covenant enemies, change their behaviors, and be the chief you want to be, but just a little different. Just a little different. Yeah. One major aspect that we see today in open source games like Gary's Mod is changing of bipedal player models and AI, which modders were also able to do in Custom Edition by adding brutes into the mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw a lot of that in SPV3. Mm-hmm. And and somehow people still got upset about that and said there would be no brutes on the, in, on the ring because it's not canonical. Shut up. Boo. Who? Shut up. It's a mod. <laughs> it's for fun. None of this is canonical other than Cursed Halo. Exactly. (laughs) Custom maps really let the player and modder create pretty much what they wanted as they could add new content to the game. This included things like level geometry, bitmaps, weapons, vehicles, biped characters, sounds, game interfaces, level scripts and interactivity, objects, special effects, animations, heads-up displays, single-player modifications, AIs and multiplayer, AI encounters, and of course cinematics yeah so the kit comes with three programs designed to assist mappers one being the tool backbone of the program that dealt with everything from bitmap creation to the final additions of the map however its old style command prompt made it a frustrating process then you have the gorilla opens tags and edits the tags tags are used in the halo maps to discern everything from the weapons power-ups vehicles etc Gorilla allowed modders to change almost every aspect of the tag, including color, ammo, and various other options we listed above. And this really, really, really comes into play when we're talking about Cursed Halo coming up, Mm -hmm. especially the D20 grenade. 
And then finally, we have Sapien. Similar to Gorilla in opening tags, Sapien deals with the scenario tags. These scenario tags deal with the visual representation of the final map. This includes in the placement of vehicles and weapons, spawns, and the camera points for cutscenes. Sapien allows you to fly around the map in a forge style and move things around in the map. Now I see where you're coming from with that. Exactly. So, so at this final stage, when you've already made your assets and made the entire bitmap of what you're going to be playing on, you went to Sapien and made the final placements of scenery like trees and rocks. Mm-hmm. Where does the warthog spawn? Where's the player spawn going to be? And this really, really opened the door to people being able to make those custom maps they really wanted to do while also being able to basically fly around like a monitor and mm-hmm. see what's going on and drop in the level and instantly boot it up when they throw in the command prompt. Yeah. So then now we have the developer mode. So the developer mode or dev mode is another add-on that allowed map designers to execute commands to test out their maps. This allowed these users to see how the level played out down to custom code that they would inject into their maps. Creators who wanted to collaborate or share their terminal could enable all dev on their servers, which allowed all the users to open up dev mode Dev mode additionally allowed creators to change the statistics of entities such as vehicles and weapons, changing how they functioned. Some examples included unlimited ammo, flying cars, swapping AR rounds for rockets, dual wielding, and almost anything you could think of. Yeah, it it really opened it up. And if you've ever used cheats, I think for most of us have in The Sims. I would never. Oh, you're not using some rosebud in the old Sims? I I would never cheat on a video game. Thank you. Anyway, Jesse the straight edge here. <laughs> no, but if, if you've ever opened a command prompt in a game and typed mm-hmm. in a code or you know used a button combo, very similar, and it just is a literal translation of what you want. So you'd open up your command prompt. You could open something like cheat all power-ups, and it would just give you all the power-ups near you. Same with vehicles, weapons, bottomless clip. One that I thought was really fun to play around with was cheat bump possession which is every time you bumped into another character, you took possession of it. Was it like a, was this a Katamari kind of thing? Or you, you kind of kind of transferred. you start rolling around. It and... kind of transferred consciousness of it, which is fun. And then there's also Medusa, which was anytime you looked at an enemy, it just fell over dead. I love that. Yeah. It's like turn to stone. <laughs> so it was, it was really cool. It was really fun to play with this because I really wanted to see exactly what modders went through with this. And so I, I got the dev kit and got everything else going through that. Just played around and played with the source files that we're going to talk about with uh, Halo Cursed Edition. And it's really interesting. And that's why I said it, it really reminds me of Forge because your, your prelims for the bitmap, definitely not. But as you're getting closer to Sapien and placements and just seeing how these tags work and what modders really have to go through to be able to create these things. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, you can see mods, plenty of them on like the Steam Workshop and see the additions they've made. And you always, I always question like, how did they come up with this? How did this work out? How do people even think of this? So it's, it's really neat to see the process, um, especially with uh, Inferno Plus, who is the guy who created Cursed Halo. He did a little like BTS kind of rant video on how he went through this. So that was actually really yeah. cool to see the behind the scenes of it. And we'll link all of this uh, below in our YouTube and our different channels so you can kind of view that. And it's just, it's a really amazing experience. Yeah. So one major component that frustrated and limited creators was the game engine itself. Some of the more complicated features required 
much more out of the engine than it originally was designed to handle. It has required map designers to get creative with their implementation of code and build workarounds to get it to work. Fortunately, open source, originally Project Yellow, started to solve these issues. And, and I noticed that, you know, I talked about that behind the scene uh, video he did because I watched it. And he did go through explanation of how he did these things. Mm-hmm. Like like with that, that drink that he does, it's like that's actually like an invisible health, health pack, pack that, that's floating around and then it drops out of side effort. It, it's so crazy because you do have to think outside of the box to if you want something like this to be cool, you have to think about how can I do it like realistically. Yeah, because you're not it's creating... A ma- it's a magic show. Sorry, it's no, a no, magic show. That's what I think about. You're exactly right because they're not creating all of these assets 100% from coding scratch they're using what's available within the engine already mm-hmm. to build on it so they use some really creative aspects of it and that is where open source comes in to give you a little background on it open source is an open source c and .NET based utility produced by sean c and sean w of corner studios open source or project yellow as we had said quote originally started off as a very small venture into DLL hooks to perform custom operations in Halo CE. For all those, you know, who love those DLL hooks out there. I I love them. They're great. The two who started it, so we got Sean and Sean, originally started off editing the camera to be third person and smaller components of the game before diving into editing custom external script components that would lead them to make global gravity scriptable in multi-team vehicles. So, you know, in Halo 2, you could have a driver who was Team Blue, and you could have a passenger Team Red. That was not the case for Halo CE, so they wanted to go ahead and program that in there. Yeah. So it was very much in the birth of, of this, trying to test out these things and see what's even plausible, what's probable, what they can do with it. The project would lead the two to partner up with friend Mike D., to start working on an Xbox version of Halo 1 and 2 as their coding knowledge of the game grew. They created tech to, quote, allow users to dump screenshots, both normal, fake high-res, and panorama, custom debug camera, skull-enabling, disabling, allowing AI in multiplayer modes, end quote, and much more. The limitations they were seeing in the Xbox and its RAM allocation pushed them to create a custom Xbox SDK, there you go, so they're making their own for that, which... Quote, reduced code maintenance tenfold, end quote, allowing more custom code scripts to be used in that limited console. So a lot of tech words thrown you there, but basically what they're doing is they're also creating their own kit to be able to dive into the development of it to work around a lot of limitations on the Xbox. Because obviously with a PC, you've got a bit more to work with, whereas this, it's fully dedicated hardware to this one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in 2008, the two decided to open it up to the public and make it open source. Sean C. spent a few months creating a custom code base for open source to make it easily accessible to the public. In response to Halo CE Toolkit, Mike D. created Shape. Shape? Share Ape? Yeah, it's, it's like um, Che Guevara. Sure, I'll take your word for it. Shape, an extension to the Halo CE toolkit that worked in line with Gorilla. It allowed new tag definitions and allowed for post-compile editing of values and definitions, allowing designers to comment between tags. There's so much jargon you're throwing at me, Alex. I don't know any of this. I love it so much. <laughs> no, so, so it basically allowed for a better tag definer. So your mm-hmm. tags, like we said, it would be assault rifle. It would be this. Whatever's assigned to it is what makes the program know what it's supposed to do. Yeah. So what this would allow it 
to do is to allow for more collaboration. So yeah. let's say you and I are working on the same thing at the same time. We can share and comment on those tags instead of us having to like AOL Instant Messenger us in 2003. Yeah. But we can just put it into the program itself now. Mm-hmm. So it, it allows for a bit more. And it, I get it. it. It does draw into the jargon, but I wanted to make sure that we broke that down and really see what fans especially kind of went through to make this process possible. Yeah. So then moving on, we have halomaps.org. So halomaps.org is a community website with maps, screenshots, and videos for the Halo CE, Halo 2, Vista PC, and Portal 1 games. Why Portal 1? Uh, the question is, why not Portal 1? Okay, well, whatever. Well, it allowed, so they have it on there because you could, Valve allowed you to implement your own puzzles. Have you, play, have you played Portal? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so a lot of your own puzzles. Okay, okay. That's understandable. Mm. So started in 2004, the site let users upload their creations of maps, videos, and art for other users to rank and download. Not only that, the forum has tutorials, troubleshooting, and a dedicated server list to help you create and run your own Halo CE maps and content with your friends. Or, honestly, in Cursed Halo's cases, your enemies as well. You can also find the download for Halo Custom Edition and the supporting software on this site. So, yeah, this will get you started and get you kind of rolling on to, you know, being the modder that you want to be. So I can go here, and theoretically, I will be able to create something as good as SPV3 or Cursed Halo? Yeah, in the next lifetime you got. (laughs) (laughs) And a year, years to apply to uh, an an art form I know nothing about. Yeah, and halomaps.org is is, a really, really cool site. It looks like it still is in 2004, but it still allows users to create some really awesome stuff. I just saw that in, I think, 2006, there was this group of guys who started doing this machinima mission. I think I watched like the trailer of it, and I just saw they released it like two months ago. When did they start this? 2006. Oh, my God. So they've been dedicated 14 years. I mean, I, but that's the thing, though. I mean, like, honestly, if you start with it, you start what you finish. Finish the fight, folks. Hey, and they did it. But that now moves us on to Cursed Halo. Cursed Halo, which I'm assuming most of you have seen, whether it pop up in your video queue on YouTube or have heard someone talk about is a mod for Halo Custom Edition for PC created by modder and YouTuber Inferno Plus. Inferno Plus released the mod on December 6, 2019 on his Patreon page. The mod, which gained huge traction at the end of 2019 into 2020, completely changes the way you play Halo. Inferno Plus has painstakingly changed every weapon and vehicle in the game to, we'll say, improve them giving them a complete overhaul in their function. This includes a magnum that, when fired, shoots the player holding it, a gun that shoots hearts, and a grenade that spawns just about anything each time you throw it. The campaign and multiplayer both see additions from Inferno Plus that add in modified vehicles like the six-seater Warthog and Pink Covenant that wield the girl gun, as well as modified multiplayer maps that really, really push what the Halo C engine can do. Yeah, so, I mean, it really is kind of crazy because this, I I had heard of this, but you had mentioned it uh, quite a few times that you you had been watching videos and you were really interested in this, and that led to our awesome patrons voting for this episode. But definitely afterwards, when I I started checking this out, I really want to know, like, what, what did Inferno Plus do to, like, scramble his mind to make him go, this is what I'm gonna do now, this... This bastardization, truly, of Halo Combat Evolved. Well, let me tell you, if, if we're, like I said, we're going to link to his channel. He has some beautiful gameplay and beautiful mods he did. 
he did one of this bus runner game that he redid in Halo, and it's a capture the flag. Mm-hmm. You have to drive your warthog, I believe it's an actual hour, real time, to the other <laughs> side of the map to get the flag and take it back. <laughs> Biggest thing is, if you ever die during that, you respawn at your base. So all that time you've driven is now lost. Oh my gosh. It is sadist. Absolutely crazy. But mm-hmm. moving on, let's talk about the single player. So the single player campaign has some of the greatest assets that Inferno Plus added to the mod. From literal jackal snipers to the D20 grenade. He spent a good amount of time making this campaign feel fresh and fun again. In the first few campaign missions, Inferno Plus edited the tutorial pop-ups and mission objectives with some hilarious results. So, like... The, the gameplay help to edit your settings, press shift 10 times fast, sticky keys, press E to walla walla, press tab to, <laughs> I can't read these with a straight face, use Z to swiggity swooty, you can also carry two limes at a time, what? You can only carry two limes at a time. What does that mean? Uh, uh, Use F to DACA. Melee attacks instantly kill you. Movement controls control your control of the controller. (laughs) 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 Then we have some mission objectives. It's going to be really... I, I can't not read these without a straight face. Stay with the meat. Protect the meat. Impregnate the Covenant battle cruiser. Find the entrance to the almonds. Find the quiet mappy boy. That's my favorite thing I've heard ever. I love protect the meat. I want that. I want a shirt that says <laughs> protect the meat now. Uh, so, I mean, this alone, I think, is a proper introduction to the things we are going to talk about. And, and these are things he didn't have to do. The, no. This is what I love is that he went into it. And if, even if he just modded the weapons, that's awesome. Mm. Modded the vehicles. Perfect. That's what I exactly need. But to do these little quips of like when you enter the tank, when you enter these other vehicles that have these pop-ups, he just redraws them. Yeah, like no stone is left unturned, essentially. Yeah. So now talking about the AI, Inferno Plus had to adjust each AI for the campaign. This included adding individually the enemies that wielded the girl gun as their armor variants were not in the game, as well as removing all the enemies that the needler and not the new snarkers around. Otherwise, you would die every time. And, And you kind of explained this to me that these were guns that were like neutral almost. Yeah, so he... When we get to the girl gun, it basically transforms whoever's holding it pink. So you had pink grunts, you had jackals with pink shields, pink elites. So he had to, since obviously the pink color is not a variant of any of the aliens, he had to individually put them into the game. Mm-hmm. And the snarker, which is the needler but fires these individual bouncing bolts, it was actually way too overpowered. And he actually had to like nerf it, I think, eight times, he said, mm-hmm. because... If he just kept the grunts in who had needlers w- along with the snarkers, because they would both be snarkers, he said you you could not complete the level. It yeah, was, everyone would, would just Everyone die. would just die. Yeah. So another change that did help the player in the sense was that adding in a heartbeat when the player was low on health, similar to the games like Call of Duty. When you are low on health, the screen will pulse along with the sound of a heartbeat to let you know that you are in imminent danger. On the final run at the end of the game, Inferno Plus put a variety of his Warthog variants, including a three-wheeled hog that pretty much tipped any time you tried to turn. 
And I remember watching a few playthroughs of people trying, and it was, like, impossible. Yeah. Like, you can't do it whatsoever. He's like, I will award whoever can get through this without flipping this once. <laughs> and you really can't. But that moves us over to what I really enjoyed with this was dissecting the weaponry. Yeah. And to start off, we're going to start with the UNSC side. So we have the assault rifle, which he has now named the battery rifle. And to go back just a little bit, with all of these weapons, he actually custom made the little icons Mm -hmm. that you see when you go to pick it up. So it notifies what weapon it is. Really well done. So with the assault rifle, you have the battery rifle. It's 120 rounds, and it fires faster over time as it starts to overclock. If you use basically the entire clip, or if you reload and continue the heat cycle, the gun will explode pretty much killing you and if it doesn't you're down to one health bar and it destroys the gun yeah so uh conserve your ammo folks conserve how much you fire because here's the thing with your ammo (laughs) he put in that you can have 999 rounds along with the 120 in the clip Hmm. and he called the magazines that you pick up not ammo they're (laughs) clipazines so you pick up your clipazines and like i said it it, as it starts to overheat it works very much like a turret or a plasma turret where you can kind of let it decrease and Mm -hmm. keep that build and fire rate up yeah uh it's pretty fun it definitely changes up and makes the assault rifle much more of a threat than what you're seeing then you have the magnum your starting gun keys he's looking out for you he goes here son I don't keep it loaded, but go ahead and take it. Yeah. You walk out with it. Little did you know that the barrel is actually facing you. So every time you try and fire this magnum, you actually shoot yourself. I think every stream I watched of this game, it was just the first one. They're like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, So (laughs) coined the throwing pistol. If you fire, if you press the fire button once, you shoot yourself. If you press and hold, you actually wind up and then throw... (laughs) (laughs) The Magnum, uh, which is actually pretty powerful. It's like two hits for an elite to go down, one for a grunt, and it's infinite throws. Yeah. Originally, it was supposed to be that you threw the weapon each time and had to go retrieve it. Yeah. But Inferno Plus basically said it was not fun. Like, he's like, I don't make this game fun, but I don't want to make it completely miserable so he put it in that instead you would just throw it and reappear in your hand yeah well and you know speaking of the magnum we have the double pistol which is you know two working magnums that fire at once yeah so it's it's double the damage double the the goodness of the original ce pistol Mm -hmm. yeah and then we have the unmodded halo ce pistol but this one fires stupidly fast and holds about 150 rounds and has a ridiculously long magazine. Yeah, I watched in his video, he basically said, I don't know, I just had to know how much time. What I did was I just took the magazine and then just pulled it really far. So it was just ridiculously <laughs> long. And I love that he calls it the unmodded Halo CE pistol. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Because it's it's one of your, your rare drops you can eventually pick up that just immediately demolishes everything. <laughs> but yeah, and then this this one might be one of my favorite ones. The shotgun is now the blunderbuss. So ammo, some stuff for your blunderbuss. It fires 256 bullets that allow for a super jump while also hurting you with an explosion. Reload animation is similar to reloading a musket. Yeah, so this is one that... I think I've seen a lot of people really utilize around the map. It allows for super jumping. It allows for you to launch enemies or vehicles. Um, he also put it in the game that the Marines can now have these, which yep. originally in CE, Marines didn't have shotguns. Yeah. And so whenever you're driving in a Warthog and they see something and shoot it, you just go <laughs> flying. And it is so frustrating when you're actually... I'm, I was trying to play all these missions for it just to get through them. Yeah. And 
I couldn't do some of them because I have to kill the Marine with the shotgun. Because I'm like, dude, you <laughs> you keep killing us. Yeah. So well worth it. Yeah. And then we have the sniper rifle, which is now the flaccid sniper rifle. Five rounds in the chamber. It has a flaccid floppy barrel with a one-time scope and shotgun accuracy, making a spring-boing noise every time you fire it. Yeah, so it's basically the reverse of what you want. You just got a flaccid flopper you're dealing with. <laughs> you only got one-time scope with basically a huge shotgun reticle, so hopefully you hit something. Hopefully you hit something. and it, it is just comedic to see it just flapping around as you're trying to shoot. So then we also have the rocket launcher, which is the inconvenient rocket launcher. So every time you fire it, it actually fires backwards and it flies out of your hand in single player. So you have to then run over and get it. Mm-hmm. So we kind of took that pistol experience and decided we can we can do something with this. Yeah, with a super weapon, go get it. Yeah. And unfortunately, when he tested multiplayer, it would just completely glitch and crash the game because mm-hmm. you're trying to let other servers, like people on the server, know that this is happening. And for some reason, like, the server would freak out trying to tell everybody that it flies into your hands. So it just fires, goes away for a second, and then reappears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we're on to, I think, what is a lot of people's favorites and what he really painstakingly put a lot of time into, which is the frag grenade or the D20 frag grenade. So according to him, this grenade is actually based off of the fractal grenades from Tribes Ascend, a game we've all definitely heard about. <laughs> <laughs> In multiplayer, uh, every time you throw it, the grenade rolls damage from 1 to 200, so basically decimating your opponent or giving them a little, 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 little prod, a little, yeah, little tap. poking them with a needle, essentially. Nothing that's going to hurt them. Yeah, and very similar to how the rocket wouldn't work in multiplayer. Yeah. These did not work in multiplayer as the variety of connections that were on your server would freak out whenever it tried to do a single-player grenade, which basically spawned a bit of everything and anything. And so in single player, grenade effects roll on a table. These fit into a common, uncommon, and rare table of effects, basically giving you these different chance modules. So it's an RNG element to it. You can look at it as when you buy Pokemon cards. Am I going to get a rare, a super rare, an ultra rare? You always get the commons, though, damn it. Yeah, so so think of it that way if you want. And here we have some of the effects that whenever I was doing my playthrough, plus some of the videos I watched, are some of the effects you can get. Spawn Ghost or Ghost with Elites. Spawn Banshees. You can get a Scarab Orbital Strike. So it's basically the Scarab gun, but just fired from above. You can get a Master Chief Rickroll, which is the first video I sent Jesse of this. This uh, is true. Which is just a dancing Master Chief to a little uh, Rick Astley. You can spawn a group of carriers that blow up and send the pods everywhere. Just a grunt birthday party. Just get some confetti because it's nice. You can spawn a set of more frag grenades. Spawn Crewmen. Super Bounce with a spring noise. Basically launches everything across the map. Killed me pretty much every time in these very inconvenient yeah. areas. And even if it doesn't, it will kill not only your enemies, but your allies as well. So you see them just flying off in the distance. It's beautiful. Spawn health packs, spawn jackals, spawn hunters, spawn a hoglet, which we're going to learn about very soon, which mm-hmm. is honestly the best vehicle to ever come out uh, with a marine. Spawn a bunch of trees. So this is one of the first things I think I saw on Reddit as like a gif. Uh, someone was fighting hunters, had a blunderbuss, threw a grenade. And trees flew out, so I'm very glad I got that. And they, like, grow on the spot, too. Mm-hmm. Spawn an NES zapper with three NES cartridges, uh, which is another new weapon we're going to talk about in the addition of the game. Spawn a group of hoglets. Spawn a huge amount of grunts of varying degrees. Spawn elites with diamond swords. So we're getting a bit of, a bit of Minecraft in some Halo now, because mm-hmm. you got to have that in there. 
spawns a plasma bukkake. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let me tell you about this. I can't wait. <laughs> spawns a warthog with two marines, passenger with a sniper rifle. Spawns infinite machine gun magnum. So that's kind of what we talked about earlier, which mm-hmm. is that very, very unmodded magnum. <laughs> spawns scarab plasma rifle. Just a straight up atom bomb. Just yeah. decimates everything on screen, <laughs> which is beautiful. Flashbang grenade, an overshield or a cloak. Uh, several pistols just flying through the air firing. Ooh, a little bit of that oof meme. Uh, and kills everything in the vicinity. So that one's actually kind of nice to get, unless you're driving around with some Marines, and one throws a grenade, and then everyone around you just dies. <laughs> yeah. Then we also have fuel rod explosions, a group of frag grenades that just detonates, a Minecraft kit, so it's a Minecraft bow, axe, and sword. One that I, oh, I, um, I didn't really want to come across, but I did, and it's a very nude Thanos. <laughs> who is very proud of how he looks. Which is unfortunate. <laughs> and finally, we have a Wraith with an elite pilot. So there are more than that. And uh, I know Jesse was showing me some more that he saw online of some other playthroughs. Like that giant anime character that just has a bunch of monks chanting and kills everyone. Yeah, that just murders everything. So like, there's so much out there. And I tapped into the files that he had provided because on his Patreon, he does also provide his dev kit to kind of show you everything that he put into it, which is really awesome. And just trying to see like what's in there. It's... It's insane. I highly recommend you play this. Like I said, it's free. He's putting out there on his Patreon for free, which is incredibly awesome, just to see these effects alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then we also, you know, the last thing we have for the UNSC is we have the flamethrower, which is now a super soaker. So pickups are bottles of water, and the grenade button uses secondary fire, which charges, then gushes water. Like the Super Mario Sunshine that accelerates you from the way you are facing, pushing all physical objects to the side. Yeah, so think of it as like kind of like a jet booster, kind of like you had, like I said, in Super Mario Sunshine, where you could charge it up and blast away. However, mm-hmm. you don't get as clean of a landing as Mario did. So if you shoot at the ground and there's nothing above you, you're probably going to die from the falling damage. <laughs> so now let's move on to the Covenant weapon tree. So we have the plasma pistol, and it's just a normal plasma pistol, fully charges in 30-ish seconds, and then decimates everything, and it becomes like a plasma atomic bomb. It, it will launch at a lower charge, but does less damage. Then we have the plasma pistol again, but this time it's the magic girl gun. Fires hearts that seek out enemies, and enemies that hold this have a uh, pink armor and it's also a stun gun in the multiplayer and it's based off of the magical girl gun from lost planet 2 this was probably gun wise one of my favorite additions because you still get the damage output of the plasma pistol which is hands Mm -hmm. down the best gun in ce but they track the target so you can just kind of fire in a vicinity and they pull down and track the target and seeing pink enemies is kind of cool yeah But then moving on, we have the bit-crushed plasma rifle. So it's a Doom slash Duke Nukem era graphics with 2D rifle that fires uh, sprites with low res and turns Chief into a 2D sprite as well. I thought that was really interesting. Like, just odd, odd, like random oddities that are thrown into the air. I love it too, because obviously Doom Guy Chief, the kind of beef between that. But it's Mm. just really cool. He's just like, I just wanted to kind of put it together and i watched how he kind of set it up and it's actually just some png files that are on top of it there's mm-hmm. actually like no 
modded 3D model. He just kind of has them there. Well, didn't he say that if you're looking at a player who sees themselves as pixelated, mm-hmm. then that's not what they see. Yes. It's just what you see. Exactly. So, I'll, I'll see, again, it, it's sleight of hand magicianship. Or magicianship. However you say that word. Very good he, job. He's Great a wizard. Job. He's a wizard. And then we also have another one of my favorites. I've got a lot of favorites. <laughs> I love this game. Nine out of ten things on this game are your favorite. Pretty much. Another new plasma rifle, the Pew Pew laser gun. <laughs> it fires a sentinel beam laser while going pew <laughs> just like that too yeah exactly like that it's perfect and it does it does the same amount of damage you get in the sentinel beam so two hits on a flood will take it out yep pretty much murders everything else it is beautiful and i think this is one of your favorites too coming up is another plasma rifle yes and it is the Three plasma rifles and an extra arm. Yeah, so, I mean, it fires three plasma rifles at once because you all of a sudden you spawn a third arm, and it has a fourth arm that's used to punch and throw grenades. Uh, I don't get it. I don't get it, but I don't want to get it. Just, I love it. Let it be. It's beautiful. And watching kind of what he had to do to make this work was put two sets of arms together. So you have mm-hmm. your two traditional arms. If you dual welt, dual welt, dual wielded, whichever way you say dual that. Dual weld. Do a welded dirt. <laughs> two of those. And then he had to kind of shift two arms, so like that one in the middle would come up, and then the other yeah. one was out there to throw grenades, or occasionally it would come in to fix the first pistol, like if you're idling. Yeah. And, and also as well, it's like, it's, it's again, like no the other players aren't going to see your four arms. Mm-hmm. It's something that you see that's sleight of hand. But then we now have the Needler, which is called the Snarker, named for the squeak grenade in Half-Life, where you throw a snark and it fires bouncing bolts that make little chirps and eventually explode and the ammo clip is at nine single fire cannot be held down and nerfed at least eight times because it was way too overpowered yeah he set it to basically all those bolts was almost a full charge yeah like we have all the needles in you and explodes is basically what it was yeah so you have these all these tiny little bombs that would go off that killed everything Mm -hmm. so we had to kind of go through and be like okay i can't make it that sadistic i still got to make it the level's beatable. Yeah. So he changed it up a little bit. Yeah. So then the fuel rod gun is now the quad laser. <laughs> I forgot about this. So fire is a slow moving green block from the Moonanites from Aqua Teen Hunger Force and bullets and grenades bounce off of it. The bullet is enormous. There's no way of escaping. I love that when we first watch the video for this that he had made, we I was instantly like, oh my God, is that from Aqua Teen? And you're like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I actually went back and they, they even like quip it in there. It's just... It's it's great. And it's it's so dumb and slow because it's also used for the hunters cannons as well. Yeah. So the hunters are pretty much non existent in this as far as like enemies that'll kill you. I I've seen I've seen scenarios though where someone jumps out of the warthog and leaves a warthog with all their all their all uh, marines and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and all of a sudden they just go blown. flying out. Yeah, but then we have the the plasma grenades, which is now the uh, the plasma bukkake. So on contact, it explodes into several other grenades. Pretty simple, pretty yeah. straightforward. So, I mean, there is a lot of like it explodes into more things and more things in this game. Yeah, and so with the plasma bukkake, it's on contact, or there's a threshold where it'll hit that threshold, and it, I think it's like ten other plasma grenades will just spawn out of that. They kind of just scatter about, and it's it's interesting. I enjoy it. It's definitely a fun weapon to use. So now we'll move on to some of those special weapons that we mentioned above, like the NES Zapper. So you start with only three shots, very similar to Duck Hunt. And each shot will only do one damage. If you hit a body shot, leg shot, wherever, it only does one damage. However, 
if you shoot someone in the head, it's an insta-kill no matter what their shields are, no matter what's going on. Very similar to kind of your duck hunting experience. Yeah. And what I really like, too, is every time you switch to it or pick it up, it plays a duck hunt theme song. The amount of, of music and sound effects that a switch out in this game, it's amazing. And done so well. And then, of course, we have Minecraft. Mm-hmm. So you've got the Minecraft bow. You've got a diamond Minecraft axe. You've got a diamond Minecraft sword, which is those elites who also carry it also have an armor very similar to that that bluish green of Minecraft diamonds, I guess you would say. Yeah. And then you can have a variety in the Minecraft swords. I got one that was knockback eight. So you just launched everything with your sword <laughs> just away from you. It's fantastic. <laughs> and then also we have now an AU, which is, I, and this is an ad firm because I don't want to give them ad. It's like an energy drink or a protein drink or something like that. I, that think, he, it's, I think it's an energy drink. Something like that. But he did a really clever ad for them in his video that he used to advertise the Halo Cursed Edition. Yeah. Did really well with it, custom designed himself, but it's actually portable health. And Jesse had mentioned this earlier, that every time you drink it, it summons an invisible health pack above you. So if your health is low, you'll heal. But if you're mm-hmm. already at full health and you drink it, yeah. he set it to fall through the world. So there's not going to be some invisible health pack sitting around. It actually no clips except for player, which is yeah. such a smart idea. Well, it's even crazier is that the, he, he used it for an ad for the initial video he made, but it's still in the game too. And because it's, it's a cool item. It, it's I just remember I've seen a few people like like what what is this? I guess this is health. What is this thing? Like yeah. whatever. Move on because I remember that we thought it was just we were watching that video for it. Whenever you first told me about this, we were actually looking into it. And you're like, oh, he's just doing an ad break. And you're like, oh, my God, he put his own ads into the game itself. So that's absolutely clever. And you're not going to get that other than Death Stranding with Monster Energy. Yeah. But I, I support that one 100%. Yeah. So I thought it was just it was <laughs> such a little clever thing to have and to make one, to make your advertisers happy, but two, to really do it well enough to be like, oh, no, it's actually a very helpful thing to carry around. It does take a weapon slot up. But you punch just like you would if you were holding a skull, mm-hmm. and you just refill your health so you don't have to find a health pack. It's great. You just, yep, you just move on from there. Mm-hmm. And then to wrap up weapons, I went through the files and some of the dot bats and other things that he had, and there was two that I never encountered in the game or that saw in some videos, but wanted to just put in. There's the gravity rifle and the plasma cannon. Now, the plasma cannons are attached to the dropships, but I'm not sure if this was specifically for those or if he was working on a way to have the plasma cannons that we do see in like Halo 2 and beyond. Hmm. But now that we've gone through the weapons, let's talk about the vehicles and we'll start with the UNSC vehicles. So first we have the Warthog and it has many, many variants. So we have the Warthog sedan and is a four seat plus a gunner and the passenger health overlaps like an overshield. Then we have the Hoglet. A two-seater mini warthog. It's a mongoose, but has warthog skin, and it's faster than other warthogs. And <laughs> the horn is an awuga twice. It's beautiful. It's the best thing ever. It's, <laughs> it's it works just like a mongoose, but it's a shrunken hog. So you yep. look you look kind of like you're driving a clown car because you're kind of sitting on top of it, driving around. Yeah. But I had one spawn from a grenade when I was on midship, and I just drove around. All those corridors. (laughs) And there's no speed requirement for any splatters. So pretty much any time you touched an enemy, they just splattered. So it was just, (laughs) it was beautiful. 
So then we have the the Abomination. Six seats, and it has a gunner, and twice as heavy as the traditional Warhog, and handles terribly. Yeah, he made the comment, he's like, this is something I should have never done. This is an abomination <laughs> to humanity. No one should have this. So he made sure, one thing, he had increased the weight because it was flipping too often because mm-hmm. it's actually the length of two warthogs. Yeah. So it's freaking out. So he increased the weight. But to make sure it was an abomination even more, Inferno Plus made sure that it handled so terribly. But I love it so much. <laughs> and I want one that has like 30 seats. <laughs> then we have the normal Warthog. Totally normal, except for it flies like the DeLorean in Back to the Future 2 and 3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I guess technically at the end of 1, 2. Technically just the DeLorean. You know, just the DeLorean the itself. The De- DeLorean itself that mm-hmm. it flies. So yeah, the, the wheels turn into the thrusters and hover and hold jump to fly up. And then we have the Scorpion, which is the quality tank. So two barrels that are about 30 degrees away from each other, and it has three turrets in the middle. Yeah, so it, it's interesting. It's Instead of your barrel straight down the center, it's split. So it's about 30 degrees left, 30 degrees right, and then between those two barrels is three machine guns. So the barrels are basically useless unless you're like <laughs> skill shotting like turning the tank a little bit yeah to get those skill shots so it's a tough one and then we have the covenant vehicles which saw some of the i don't know if i would say they should be burned uh but definitely not seen the light of day <laughs> so you have the ghost which is called the speen and as you fire and as your, your rate of fire will increase but you start to rotate counterclockwise and as you keep firing, you spin faster and faster and faster, so you're basically a spinning blade of death. <laughs> you can't hit anything with your shots, but you can run into stuff and kill it. There you go. And you can always drive forward. So you're not trying to drive the, the direction it's going. It's just whatever yeah. way you're facing. Okay, okay. So it's pretty miserable to drive. Then you have the Banshee or the Flappy Banshee. So instead of flying around with the normal way you would, it actually flaps its wings. <laughs> <laughs> and it flaps its wings faster as you go faster. The biggest thing is if you try and use the cannon on it, it actually just kills you because it like fires inside of itself. <laughs> I don't know if this must be a bug or if that's intentional, but either way, that's the thing you don't know at this point. I know. Another way, he can just go yes, <laughs> and you go. I like it. I like it. Like, give me some more of it. Mm-hmm. And then finally, with Covenant Vehicles, you had the Wraith. Still named the Wraith in there. It hovers a little higher than the original one. And it fires five smaller blasts that track the target but do what seems like a lot less damage. And your turret also tracks enemies as well. So just kind of this heat-seeking. Yeah. And I think it's kind of that that very similar thing we've all dealt with, which is asking the game, why are these raids continuing to hit me? Can they just heat-seek on finding <laughs> me and knowing where I'm going to end up? The answer from him is Yes. And one of the things you can do, which I don't know why you do, is if you press your jump button, you do a wheelie. Why not? Interesting. Why not? Why not? So, you know, to wrap this all up, let's talk about cut weapons and vehicles. One Ones that he officially stated, hey, I chose not to put these in. Mm-hmm. So the first one is he has the Dark Moon Blade Falchion. This was cut due to destroying water texture and would randomly crash the game. So, like, the water would just stop moving. Yeah, it basically destroyed any animation of it, and mm-hmm. it felt like you were just now starting to build a sandbox map. Because on the blade, it had this sparkle effect, mm-hmm. and I guess that 
screws up the rendering of how many effects can be on screen, I guess, is my best bet. Yeah. Of why the water kind of goes out. He he also just said he's like, I, I don't have time. He's like, if I had like eight hours, I could do this. Yeah. Which to me would be like, yeah, if I had eight years, yeah, I could definitely program that in Which there. Which is weird. How long did this take already? That's what I want to know. I, I looked up a couple things. He didn't really report on it. We definitely want to reach out to him and talk about this because this mm. is crazy. But I would say probably about 17 minutes. no it's 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 a lot of time coming and he had stated in some of his videos that he's been modding since he was a kid he's always interested in was changing games up seeing how you could make a very serious game kind of wacky and and all these things was just very interesting so it took time it took a lot of care and a lot of very memery care which i apps you know me i really enjoy memes so having <laughs> it's it in the game, our, it's part of our millennial culture. Listen, let's just rip that bandit off. Listen, this is basically a cultural classic at this point. <laughs> so, you know, and then finally we have the laser warthog, which was originally going to act like the homing laser from lost planet. And it would shoot out four lasers that would attract to the enemy, but he just never got them to, to follow the enemy. It was supposed to come down or up and then down, but he's never able to stick the landing. Yeah. It seemed like his tracking paths, like it would go up, and curve but it could never figure out i guess how to track the idea of the enemy like, uh-huh. like that's tag yeah so he kind of showed it off in a video and he's like this this is terrible i can't yeah. do this and one thing he also added was some multiplayer maps so these yep. are some of the ogs from halo ce they really enjoyed but gave it his own cursed twist yeah cur- yeah cursed is definitely the right word oh yes it is some of these more than others so to start off we'll get to beaver creek at first glance It's the same as the base game, except when you start to move and you're like, why am I moving in molasses? He rebuilt the game to a ridiculously huge scale. So you're basically an ant at Beaver Creek. (laughs) Because I I panicked at first. I thought when I loaded it up that my game was like lagging or crashing for some reason Mm -hmm. until I fell off a rock and died. And I went, oh, (laughs) that's why it is. So... The map is recreated to a huge scale, and it makes you feel like an ant. It really does. And I love that he puts hoglets and ghosts on here, so you really, really feel small all about it, which is beautiful. And little things you're used to, like jumping off rocks, jumping from the top of your base, Mm -hmm. instantly kill you because it's just such a far zone. (laughs) So it just makes this map so dumb and beautiful, and I absolutely love it. Yeah. But then the next map we have, which isn't too bad, but is Blood Gulch. So the map is warped like crazy and bent and wavy all over, and it's extremely distorted. So Inferno Plus used a warp tool to create his effect, and the banshees on the map were a pain because they were they were sliding around everywhere, and he added some frictions to the banshees, but they're still going to end up moving. Yeah, I played this one. It's, it's tough to play. So Blood Gulch is a beautiful map. We know and love it from Red vs. Blue, mm-hmm. and that's where we remember it as. Well, this has completely destroyed that and <laughs> made it so your base and a lot of the base are just topsy-turvy and bent. One of the walkways up to the top of your base, you can't even get through unless you crouch because it's so warped. <laughs> Hard to do vehicles. It's, some of it's at 90 degrees. So it's crazy. It's super, super fun. I watched some just regular Slayer through it. And it's just so goofy and dumb and fun. And I think it's really what people want. Like it's not you didn't change the map at all. You just distorted yeah. it. Yeah, but you made it a whole new map, which I think is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And it definitely helps that he put on the, you know, totally normal warthog or the Delorean on it, so you can fly around with your friends to avoid all that mess. While there's these ridiculous scorpions trying to shoot you on the ground, but they can't 
because their barrels are 30 degrees each way, so they have to like <laughs> trick shot you. So it's it's a beautiful map. And then we also have Chill Out, which I love that the only thing that I could tell that he did to this was he replaced most of the traditional textures with just Shutterstock and iFunny watermarks. Uh-huh. I mean, sometimes you just got to do a mod on the run. Yeah, and I love that it's just such a meme garbage of like, you know, like you see all those things like Shutterstock clips of just like dumb mm-hmm. memes you're putting together or people pull stuff from iFunny. So I love it because it's just so dumb. There's no reason for it. <laughs> I, it's so dumb and I love it. But yeah, then we have Damnation. So the entire map is flooded and full of water, making it hard to see if you're walking around on the ground or falling down a hole. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, <laughs> it makes the map pretty cool, but if you if you don't know the layout, I was just walking around exploring and I went, oh, that's a hole. I'm dead. Because <laughs> obviously in Halo, there's no swim physics, so it's just sink to the bottom physics. Yeah. And then we have Death Island. Death Island in the base game was one of the largest multiplayer maps available. However, Infernal Plus goes, mm, let's do something different. And instead, it made it the opposite. It made it the smallest map available and shrunk down all the assets to make it this tiny little bitty map. Wait, am I crazy or is this Assault on the Control Room map? Yes. Okay, okay, yes. okay. Yeah, so basically taking that concept and he shrunk it down to be Assault on the tiny tiny mouse room it definitely is interesting it's an interesting little map it's an interesting map and even though he kind of created it to be terrible it's actually an amazing slayer map Mm -hmm. yeah he made it to where these jump pads work perfectly the alterations made it fun and not needed for like big team because he shows off a lot of this in his trailers and i've seen a couple other people play it's actually a really fun map where you can try and get the high ground you can try and go through little crevices yeah it's pretty fun Yeah. So then we have Derelict. So the textures are all normal maps with normal maps applied in the shader. It's a normal map. Get it? Do you guys get it? (laughs) I never got that. I watched the video. I don't know what he was talking about. It's it's a it's so the textures are all normal maps with normal maps applied in the shader. So in 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 three D, you can apply a normal map, which is it's called a texture. It's basically a variation you could put onto it, similar like how you would put. Uh, different textures to make an object shiny for glass or to make it translucent or to make it like get rid of light. It's just a mapping sequence of it. And so he used normal maps on those textures and then applied visually a normal map on it. So it's quote unquote a normal map, kind of like you a know, normal warthog. You know, I get it. I, you know what? Sure. Boom. Swing so, and a miss for me, my friend. I'm striking you, out here. You 3D artists out there, I'm looking at you. <laughs> and if you're a 3D artist uh, and, you, and you listen to this podcast, please message us and let us yeah, know because that'd be cool. We want to hear your take on this. Yeah. And if you are, and if a slight bit of air came out of your nose when we said that, let us know. I want to know about <laughs> your chuckles. <laughs> and then we have Hang 'em High which is another super classic map from Halo CE. Super fun, especially for snipers. A little different in this, though. Mm-hmm. The map is the original, Hang 'em High, but they've mirrored it down the center and then just kept copying it to make it an entire Halo. Mm, yeah. And it's pretty much to scale. Yeah, and but but it stops, right? You can only go down and then it does it's, stop. It's like, it's like 50% done. Mm-hmm. I would say like 50% of it is the map and the rest is just kind of a false bottom. Yeah. Well, well, he said that he uh, he was going to reverse it, right? He was going to have like it on normal. the interior mm-hmm. to be like a normal Halo, but it just freaked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because 
He said when you're on top, you're not seeing everything, so it doesn't have to render everything. But when you're in the middle and you look up, you can see 100% of the map, and it just couldn't render that. Yeah, and you're just freaking out. Because I, I remember him saying, like, it was really cool for him to do it, but it just wouldn't work. However, I did play through it. It's huge. <laughs> and at some points, it's not usable at all because it goes full 90 degrees. So I was, like, playing around in a banshee, and the banshee freaks out and won't fly. So I was like, oh, I'll just jump down there. Got down there and just slid, 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 and then crashed and died. Oh, my God. So moving on now, we have Minecraft Sidewinder. So this map contains 68,000 triangles, which was about double the largest amount in the base game. And the base game would only draw about 16,000 triangles at a time. Yeah, and he ended up having this other mod that would do 20,000 at a time because apparently the way he built it, it wouldn't really even render at all on Mm -hmm. Bungie's just default rendering. (laughs) So he had to have this in there for it to barely be there because he actually actually exported this from Minecraft, Mm -hmm. took that map, brought it in here, had to change a bunch of things with it, but it's pretty much brought right from there. Yeah. So, you know, he added additional lighting elements that are hidden to the player and the Banshee can fly past the invisible wall and break the map. Yeah. So Banshee's really never meant to be on here when he was building it. And if you take the DeLorean up, it caps at the ceiling. Mm-hmm. But the flappiness of the Banshee actually screws with the ceiling <laughs> and you just fly out. So he's Amazing. like, I took it out, but if you want to do it, whatever. Amazing. So so wrapping up the multiplayer maps, we have Wizard. And in quotes, I forgot to install Counter-Strike Source. So it's all terribly untextured beta setting surfaces. Yeah, if you guys have ever played any of Gary's mod or watch Trouble in Terrorist Town, or really any of those variants that are there, you notice that sometimes people just don't have textures on. And there'll be that black and pink, black and purple spotted texture, or there's some of those base maps people have made that are just those orange walls that are the base text for people to be able to put textures on later. That's this entire map. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's disgusting to look at, but it is mm, oh so beautiful (laughs) to look at at the same time. And so that kind of brings us... Wrapping up to the end of this mod, so there's plenty more for you guys to explore. We wanted to give you the base of really what there was, share our experiences playing it, because it's real fun. I I, I can't, there's not much else you can say to that. You can say it changes things too much or whatever, but it's made for fun, and it makes CE fun again. It's kind of made to do that, though. It's it's made to be, he calls it literally a cursed version of the game. That's kind of the point. Yeah, and now I need a cursed version for all of my favorite games, (laughs) because like turning stuff on its head is so fun. So in conclusion, Inferno Plus made Halo fun again. He took a dated game and used his knowledge and personal flair to bring life into a dying modern-day modding era. He brought us all on to play Halo CE on the PC for possibly the first time, It made it memorable. Mm -hmm. The same yet different way it felt the first time I played Halo CE on Xbox. It felt fresh, fun, and full of goofy memes that kept me coming back, especially to see what the D20 grenade would throw at me next. Thanks to Bungie and Gearbox for allowing the fans to explore, create, and show what a true fan base can do when given the tools. I cannot wait to see what you all do in MCC. He he did talk about that. He did say that he wants these kind of tools to be available for CE because that, I think, is too much power for one man to have if he gets his hands on that. Yes. And and I know Bungie has come out and we've obviously seen the modding community happen. 
So it's kind of see what all he'd be allowed to do within that modding. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm very excited to see what he's he's going to do because his mods with Halo Two and Halo CE and Dark Souls and these other ones that he's worked on are just amazing. And he even brought up a, a really large point of modern day games. You're seeing less and less and less a true modding community around it or being given the modding tools themselves. You know, he, he references Halo CE, Halo Two, Skyrim. But these are all 10 plus year old games and we're not always seeing that on these newer games. And he brought up a good point of most reason you're not seeing it is dedicated servers, which definitely makes sense, but also microtransactions, the ability to make more money on certain aspects of it. Yeah. So I totally understand that. But from someone who loves those things, like that's why Skyrim is still around. That's why yeah. like CE still flourishes through this is players are able to create more content for a game that they love and implement goofy and wacky ways, whether that's put Star Wars characters in Skyrim or change it up to be, oh, I want Aragorn's sword from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like, it, it really changes it up. So I really hope a lot more game studios follow suit with those ideas mm-hmm. and and allow players to create more. I, I think we're going to see a resurgence of this because, you know, we're starting to see a lot more articles pop up and everything is, you know, con- console exclusives are no longer a thing. And that is leading... I think to the the popularity of people getting into PC gaming mm-hmm. because you know they you know Halo players can now truly say okay I can enjoy something I like on PC and you know as we know Microsoft is like we're we're not doing really exclusives anymore and I think that PlayStation is going to start following here soon as well yeah. and N- Nintendo will will fall on that sword and die on that Nintendo Ill. Nintendo will in 10 years and they go oh you guys have a computer too <laughs> yeah, they're they're a little behind, but you know what? We love them for what they are. Yeah, Nintendo does their own thing. They're not even in this discussion. No. But the point being is that I think that we are going to see more of this happening. And and man, maybe one day, and by all means, there's no evidence to suggest this, but we could see even basic modding and editing tools on, you know, future consoles. You download this kind of this attachment to it or, and and all of a sudden you can flip those switches and flip those tags yeah. and everything. Like I could see that. I'm I'm not by by no means am I saying this will happen, but in 10 15 years I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, look what people have done in Halo Halo 5 Forge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's so some crazy advanced things that you're like, you did this with your controller mm-hmm. and you put yeah. these things together with these rudimentary objects. So I really hope that more games look to that. One, to hire devs. Why not hire the kids that are growing up learning to mod at 10 to yeah. now come to your company eight, 10 years later mm-hmm. or whenever you want to hire them to bring them in because they're already gaining that knowledge if you release the dev kits like Inferno Plus and various others were able to use very early on. Yeah, I mean, so supposedly 343 had hired on some of the people from the El Dorito team. If anyone knows that, please comment on this you know, on YouTube or Instagram or like message us on Discord, let us know because I could never find any kind of confirmation that that was true. But I think a lot more companies can really benefit from something like that because you need this kind of junkyard approach you know out of the box thinking of how to tackle things yeah it's it's the same way as whenever governments or companies go hack our stuff look mm-hmm. i hacked it okay you're hired yeah uh, it's yeah who 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 is the guy who is forging checks and now work works for the fbi yeah yeah like that's exactly it like it's, it's like i have expertise in this hire me to do what you need instead mm-hmm. of training someone who in that sense has to do it legally but like (laughs) you know hire those people who 
bring in that passion as well. Mm-hmm. If you have someone who's modding Halo CE 20 years later and making it very relevant. Yeah, and making it fun and making people talk about it on YouTube and talk about us, like us talking about it now, mm-hmm. why why not take him and be like, "All right, here's a dev kit. Here's just, design a map for us and we'll put it in the game." Yeah, and and just do weird things. Like yeah. and and I would even love to see weird modes like this in Halo itself. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason why weird stuff like this can't make its way in. We we have all these legendary weapons in Halo 5 that do these crazy things and, and make you unstoppable, but let's do a girl heart gun. Yeah. Like, something weird like that. Like, let's, let's turn things on its head sometimes. I think that's very okay. Yeah, I think you can stop taking yourself seriously. If you want to keep the campaign serious in it, I understand that, mm-hmm. but multiplayer, allow for a little bit more openness. And I think Halo 5 has done that uh, with a couple aspects, especially not necessarily canon-wise, but a lot more of the user-created content with it. Yeah. But I'm hoping that they can keep taking themselves a little bit less serious and give them players some crazy stuff like that. Yeah, and, and by all means, we may see it in Infinite. I do or do not know. A, a time will tell. I, I'm not going to say, you know, this is what I want for Infinite. Uh, maybe we'll do that episode, actually. I lied. But, but at the end of the day, if we saw that kind of stuff, if we saw that more laid-back stuff, that'd be awesome. Because you could probably even just flip a switch and say, I want serious multiplayer. And then you have one that says, I want a mix of serious and some silly. And then you have, I just want silly. Because I know if you had a multiplayer like that, you would live in that multiplayer 100 like because at the end of the day it's okay to make games like this silly sometimes yeah i mean in my opinion on how i play i'm so far removed from the serious gameplay aspects of games Mm -hmm. now those just don't interest me as much as they used to Mm -hmm. so i love seeing user-created content of goofy things yeah i love seeing taking an ip that i love like halo and throwing dumb stuff into it yeah just seeing like that's not supposed to do that Mm mm-hmm but then making that fun again, like making the whole, like I played through the campaign and it was a whole nother way to play it. Yeah, it's, a, it's an absolutely 100% different perspective and experience. Yeah. So, yeah, w- with that, like we want to bring this to a close, but I just want to say thank you, Inferno Plus. Thank you, the modding community. And thank you for dedicated fans on halomaps.org and all these other organizations that have really kept this alive mm-hmm. and under the radar for a lot of players. Yeah. Who, especially kids who didn't grow up with CE, who didn't have those things and didn't really know, well, you should listen to our other episodes, but didn't really know that Halo was on PC. Yeah. And so I, I, I really appreciate all of you. It's been amazing to be able to play it and to go through it and see the dumbest things in front of that you put into those grenades because it's beautiful. Exactly. And thank you again to our awesome patrons who made this episode possible. If you'd like to support us, we do have a Patreon that gets these bonus episodes out through the voting process. Patrons also get it a month earlier, plus merch, other different options that you get with it, which is really awesome. Awesome perks. So wanted to go ahead and thank them right now, and that's Anger Canadian, Baby Z, Brandon Reshtar, Brent Oni, 1412-2494-BB, Charles Zitter, Cowan Fong Feliciano, Duststorm, Francis, Grant Dillon, Harvey Chong, Colonel Panic, Tactics, Dragonfire, Mr. Cholf, Pasquale Orozco, Skyjack, and ZZ Slipaway. So these guys have been voting for these. If you hate them, well, join Patreon and change the vote. <laughs> defer, defer <laughs> the tide that is coming in yes. on these episodes you dislike. Yeah, So, but once again, that helps support us um, so we can do ad-free episodes like these. 
and just give you guys some more of the passion content that's mm-hmm. not necessarily in our in our timeline, I would say. Yeah, and I mean, laid back episodes like this, we like. They're short, they're sweet, and I think it's a it, it really is like a nice break to where we can look at something like this, and we can kind of like, you know, when we did the ranking of the Spartan uh, twos. twos and stuff like this, and where we might have some episodes coming out like that again in the future, where we can really just kind of roll with it and have fun with it. Like this, we can look at this. Yeah, and, and this gives us discourse with you guys, because we'd love to see like, where do we get these wrong? Where do we get these right? Yeah. Um, and one thing I definitely want to see with this, if you guys want to, I'd love to have a cursed Halo night. Mm-hmm. You're saying Halo PC, and this is gonna, that's a keyword in our L- Discord. Listen, I can play cursed Halo, can't play the rest of them. <laughs> but I can play some cursed Halo, and I can show you guys all how to download those. And we'll also include those links to his Patreon and to his other pages yep. to be able to get those downloads going and to really support this dude because. He's amazing and has just done this pretty much yeah. in his spare time. Yeah, and it's all out there for free. Mm-hmm. The Patreon is like, it literally like a tip, essentially. He's not like saying, join my Patreon, you get this. He's like, you want to thank me? Yeah. Then join my Patreon. It's crazy. Yeah, so it's awesome stuff. But yeah, thank you again, guys. I, I really appreciate it. And like Jesse said, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, any of your social platforms for the most part. Not LinkedIn, though. We're not linking with any of you guys. Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll be on LinkedIn. We'll be very professional about it. Okay, our individuals are LinkedIn. We're not not (laughs) slapping our business on there. But also find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Music. Apple Music, Apple Podcast, what's that called? Yeah, it's so weird how they divide it. They say iTunes, but they it's, also say podcast. Yeah, it's like iTunes, Apple Podcast, Music, Slash. But, but Stitcher, iHeartRadio, yeah. Spotify, if you already said that. Literally everywhere. If for some reason we are not on a platform that you listen to, let us know. We will be on there. And then that's that. Yeah. And lastly, uh, if you guys do enjoy what we do, it does does definitely help us to give us ratings on your platforms. Mm-hmm. So especially Apple, they'll put us in the rankings. If for whatever reason we get to any sort of trending aspect, I'll stream along with Jesse. I'm throwing under the bus because he doesn't know this. We'll stream 24 hours. We'll do a 24-hour gaming stream if we can get into new and noteworthy or trending. Your call. Okay. Well, then we're shooting from the hip on that. We'll see. But with that, I'm your host, Jesse Reiners. And I'm your host, Alex Kendall. And thank you for tuning in to Finish the Fight, a cursed Halo podcast. I think we're just getting started.